Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will reflect the week that was, including thoughts on the market-moving Fed commentary, the November jobs report, and more. Plus, we will preview for you what you can expect in the week ahead. Uh, Joining me for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Brian Rose, Senior Economist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Brian, good morning to you. Happy Friday. Welcome back and looking forward to recapping what was quite an eventful week in the markets. Thanks, Dan. Good morning, everyone. Beginning with the November employment report, highly anticipated data release, and we just received that report a few moments ago. Interesting report, so I'm curious how the data measured up relative to your expectations heading in, Brian. Yeah, so there there was some unusual aspects to this report The headline payroll figure was much weaker than expected, 210,000. That's the the lowest since December. Uh, And that was against consensus of 550,000. So, you know, way below uh, consensus. But keep in mind that we've been seeing a lot of upward revisions recently, including uh, this time we had upward revisions of 82,000. There were bigger upward revisions in previous months. So, you know, this may not be the right number. You know, this preliminary reading uh, could could be revised higher in uh, in the future. But another thing is the unemployment rate came down to 4.2 percent, even though the participation rate actually went up. So what there's actually two different surveys in the labor report. There's the payrolls, but there's also a survey of households, and that household survey showed employment up by 1.1 million uh, in in November. So even though the payroll number was weak, the household survey was really, really strong. So the unemployment rate came way down. And importantly for the Fed, so the unemployment rate for blacks and Hispanics, which is something the Fed pays a lot of attention to, because you know to reach maximum employment, it's not good enough for, you know, the best off segments uh, of, the, of the labor force to have low unemployment. They want to see you know, these minority groups with uh, you know lower unemployment, and those came down a lot this time. So you know uh, within the percentage points of where, of where they were before the, the pandemic. So from the Fed's point of view, I think you know they'll see this as a re- actually reasonably strong or reasonably uh, encouraging report. So you know I don't think. The, the weaker payroll is enough to stop the Fed from uh, accelerating the, the pace of tapering. Well, Brian, the context, the big picture, very helpful and helpful to hear about how the Fed is interpreting this data release, considering that non-farm headline print in particular came in the actual number less than half of what the survey was calling for. So outside of the jobs report, what were some other notable data releases this past week? Well, the other major release we had was the ISM manufacturing the PMI that edged up uh, in in November 61.1, which you know, from a historical perspective is a really strong reading, and some of the details were good. So production, new orders moving higher, uh, and on the other side, prices paid, supplier delivery times, which is uh, you know measures of the shortages, uh, those came down. So overall, pretty good uh, report. Although one notable sign is customer inventories went way down just above the record low. So it's a sign that businesses are continuing to struggle to get uh, the the goods that they, uh, that they need. And one other notable point is, you know, we had a lot of 
disruptions in the supply of petrochemicals after Hurricane Ida, and that seems to be uh, easing. So, you know, there's recovery from that, and that is helping in some areas to reduce the, you know, reduce shortages. And one other thing I might mention, vehicle sales in November were really disappointing, uh, actually down slightly from October, even though, you know, the story is that's supposed to be that auto production is rebounding, uh, because the semiconductor shortages are, are easing a bit, but still vehicle sales uh, below 13 million, whereas they were running at around a 17 million pace uh, earlier in the year when there, was, when there was better supply. Okay, so that covers the economic data calendar. So, Brian, thank you for those highlights. So I, I do want to shift over and spend a few moments talking about some key congressional testimony. I believe it was a two-day event, Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. We heard from both Fed Chair Jerome Powell, as well as Treasury Secretary and former Fed Chairman Janet Yellen. Now, uh, Chairman Powell's remarks on inflation were interesting, as were the potential policy directions. Uh, they made headlines, they moved markets. So, What can you share with us, Brian, and what might the policy path forward for the Fed look like based on what we heard from Chairman Powell this week? Yeah, so it was uh, interesting and and somewhat surprising that Powell chose this forum to uh, basically move the needle on on the Fed's uh, policy stance. So, uh, and, And I think the reason he did it is because we're entering the blackout period ahead of the FOMC meeting where the, the officials aren't supposed to make any, any public comment. So uh, basically he said, you know, it's time to retire the word transitory when describing the inflation situation. So recognizing the fact that in price increases have broadened, you know, it's not just a few items going way up that's driving the price increases. We're seeing broader inflationary pressure, obviously lasting longer than uh, the Fed expected. And very strongly hinting that the Fed would accelerate the pace of tapering uh, when uh, when they have the meeting on, on the 15th. So, uh, you know, there had been a lot of speculation in the market that the Fed would accelerate the taper uh, already before Powell's comments. And now, you know, they're pretty much confirming that, uh, you know, this is what we should expect. Consensus is that the tapering will go from $15 billion a month to $30 billion a month. And that would uh, let the Fed wrap up QE by the middle of April. And this would open up, uh, you know, the, a stronger possibility of, of rate hikes. So the Fed's reluctant to uh, raise rates while tapering is, is underway. But the, this way, the tapering will end early and uh, potentially rate hikes could start earlier. And, uh, you know, it'll, it's going to depend on the same things we've been talking about, the, you know, the inflation data inflation expectations and uh, the the labor market. So, uh, you know, everything is data dependent, but Powell seems to be opening the door to, uh, you know, to earlier, earlier rate hikes. So, Brian, sticking with the Fed for a few moments, I recall on Wednesday of this week, we did receive the Fed's beige book, which can be characterized as a lagging indicator. Nonetheless, it does offer a unique look into the health of the U.S. economy. So any notable takeaways from the beige book, Brian, you could share with us? Yeah, so this was the message from the beige book was pretty clear. Supply chain disruptions and labor shortages, robust wage growth, and higher prices. So if you're, you know, from the Fed's point of view, yeah, this really encourage, this will really encourage them to accelerate the, the taper. 
So it sounds like, uh, you know, uh, the beginnings of a wage price spiral where the prices are going up, wages are going up together, and this can lead to, you know, sustained inflation, not not uh, transitory, but, you know, permanent increases in inflation if this kind of uh, cycle continues. So, you know, I think it, the market doesn't pay any attention at all to the base book, but I think if you look at it, this will encourage the Fed to to accelerate the taper. So one more point before we close out, maybe we can turn focus to the week ahead. Anything taking place next week, Brian, that you will be keeping an eye on that has potential to move markets? Yeah, so uh, again, especially from the Fed's point of view, some key releases, we get the CPI for November, obviously extremely important uh, you know, at, at the moment. And we'll also get the University of Michigan Survey of Consumer Sentiment. And within that, they ask about inflation expectations. And uh, the last time we had the five to 10 year inflation expectations uh, tying the highest we've seen since 2011. And if that moves up even a little bit further, again, it puts more pressure on the Fed to, to start uh, you know, uh, doing something uh, in terms of monetary policy. And then we'll get the jolts job opening, which is another important indicator of the labor market. You know, we've seen extremely high levels of job openings. And uh, again, that's that's a sign that the labor market's already tight and encourages the Fed to, to move forward with normalizing their policy stance. Okay, so quite a few economic points of interest next week. Though, Brian, very productive conversation to cap off this week. Thank you for sharing with us your interpretation of the November jobs report. Very helpful, as well as providing some thoughts, takeaways from what we heard from the Fed this week, namely Chairman Jerome Powell and what that might mean for the policy path forward. So more to follow up on. In the meantime, Brian, have a great weekend, and we will look forward to picking back up with our conversation again soon. Thanks very much. And again today, we've been joined by Brian Rose, Senior Economist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. As a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.